This is our chance in all of these different national parks that we've talked about. This is our chance to use our wishing radio again. You know, it's just like, I want to see a dinosaur. You know, I want to see something cool. I want to, I wish dinosaurs were real. And this is the, these are the places we get to go to, to actually experience them and make them real. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. I don't know if you guys know this about us, but we full-time RV'd for almost three years, a few years back. Ooh, yeah, we did. And we went to a ton of national parks. I mean, that was kind of the purpose of it. But I think as you travel through the national parks in a set amount of time where you're not just hitting like one or two a year, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're when you're going to a bunch, you start to notice some patterns or like some themes. Right. And so today we thought it would be fun because as we were traveling through the national parks, it's really cool to see that how you can kind of lump some of these parks together. Mm -hmm. And we really, really, really wanted to talk about dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Dinosaurs, fossils, all those things. Because you're right. And a lot of the, one of the things that I noticed was all the different, like you recognize some of the layers that like there, there's a few layers in a lot of these national parks that have a similar coloration. And you're like, oh, that kind of a gray blue. You know, I've seen that in lots of different places. And then then all of a sudden you talk to a ranger and they're like, oh, there's dinosaur stuff here. You right. know, and so it's kind of crazy. It's like, oh my gosh! So, so you, that three years, man, we covered a lot of ground and we did see a lot of fun things. But yeah, the dinosaurs and fossils was one thing that really kind of caught us off guard, didn't it? It did, and we're super nerdy about stuff like that. I feel like <laughs> you know, we've got two little boys who mm-hmm. play with dinosaurs all the time. They've got their favorites, you know, and you just kind of geek out over that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So before we kind of jump right in, so. One of my favorite movies from the early 90s is called We're Back. Have you ever heard of that movie, Ash? No. No, okay. Well, I mean, I think I've heard of it, but it's not, I don't remember anything. Yeah, well, it's definitely not as well known as like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and some of these other big ones, or Aladdin, you know? But We're Back was one of my favorites growing up because I loved dinosaurs. And this movie is all, the main characters are all dinosaurs. And so if I could take you back just a little bit to the mid 90s. <laughs> And let me just kind of, kind of tell you the basis of this movie. So there's this genius guy and he wants to do some good in the world. And he ends up creating a special radio. And instead of like playing music and stuff like that, it actually plays wishes. And he found as he was listening to his wish radio, you know, young people, especially kids, young children, they seem to wish the loudest. And they kept wishing for the same thing over and over again. And the wish came through was dinosaurs. I wish I could see a T-Rex or I wish I could see, you know, a giant flying dinosaur or something along those lines. Well, Did that's you ever wish- frightening. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you ever wish for something like that? When you I don't know. Maybe. 
my I think my wishes were more around princes and princesses and all that. that. Probably not probably, dinosaurs. <laughs> that's probably true. I always wanted to ride on a dinosaur. <laughs> and so, well, John Goodman's actually in this movie. He's one of my, I, he was awesome in this film. He actually is the voice for the T-Rex. And so basically, somehow these dinosaurs, they end up in New York City in the middle of a parade. And the song that he, he actually sings this song in the parade when everybody still thinks that he's a robot and not a real dinosaur and everybody's super into it. But that song just like sets up the right tone, I think, for this episode. And so I'm not really going to sing it or anything, but it's just like, this is what John Goodman, he's just like, Roll back the rock till the dawn of time when the earth was smoking and the lava flowed. Roll back the rock till the dawn of time. You can blow your cool just like a volcano. You know, it's just like do, 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 do. So much. <laughs> it's so cool, you know? And I just love that song. It's, it's just, I feel like it sets the right tone for dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Kids want dinosaurs. I want dinosaurs. Everybody wants dinosaurs. And that's what this episode's all about. Yeah, man. Roll back the rock. <laughs> yeah, baby. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'm really excited to talk about this. And this episode is going to be about fossils kind of more in general. Right. Dinosaurs but included. W- let's start with dinosaurs because there are two places we really want to talk about in the national park system that just like are amazing dinosaur spots. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, We have to start with, and this is not a national park, but you cannot talk about dinosaurs without talking about Dinosaur National Monument. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is such a cool place. And it's in the middle of nowhere, it seems like for most people. Dinosaur National Monument, it's in eastern Utah. Part of it's in Colorado, too. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you're right on the state border there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not like separate it because you've got the town of Vernal right there and everything, but like... You have to kind of be going there on purpose. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Definitely its own destination. And I think it's probably the place that stands out best to me, like that I've ever seen like real fossils, like in the ground, because the way that they designed Dinosaur National Monument, or at least one specific area like the Dinosaur Quarry is... It's all kind of like still in place. The bones are still where they laid, you know, 65, 70 million years ago. And so they just kind of uncovered them just a little bit just to show you so that you can identify what they are, see them all over the place. And they're just on this giant rock face. Looks like they they kind of cut off half of a mountain and you get to go and explore and see all these different fossils just looking at you. It's so cool. So what he's talking about, it's called the Quarry Exhibit Hall. So the dinosaur bones are still in the dirt. They have excavated stuff out of there, Mm -hmm. but then they decided to leave a bunch just in place. Mm -hmm. And this wall has approximately 1,500 dinosaur bones. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy. And then there are places in the quarry, actually, where they let you touch real 150 million year old dinosaur fossils. Whoa. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So it's just like, it's like one of those places where you know what you're seeing, but you don't really know what you're seeing Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's just mind blowing. Yeah, exactly. It's like going to, you know... Golden Corral, you know, <laughs> just like it's you, you so can't, many choices. You can, exactly, you can't take it all in. You're just like, what? Where? Where do I start? Okay, and luckily they have a lot of 
I've, we've been in there when there's rangers walking around, you know, and there's sometimes there's people that are actually doing some work up on the fossils. You can ask questions too. And, you know, it's a really interesting place and you can get your questions answered. And But sometimes it's hard to know where to start, man, because there's so many things to look at. So the Carnegie Quarry, this is what they say about this is that it actually represents one of the most ecologically complete assemblage of the late Jurassic dinosaurs in Mm. the whole world. And so the late Jurassic, that was like 160-ish to 145 million years ago. But that, I mean, the late Jurassic. So when you think of dinosaurs, you're thinking the Jurassic period mostly. You know, that's when you have all those big, that's when the T-Rex and the you know, the the Brontosaurus and the Stegosaurus and all of those like ones that like are the super famous dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. That's that time period. Wow. And so that's what's so cool. I think like for me personally about Dinosaur National Monument is when you go see that quarry, you are looking at like the famous ones, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. It's like you're going to Hollywood Boulevard and seeing all the stars on the sidewalk. Yeah, you know? that's what it feels like. So they have in this National Monument, and it's not very big, and the quarry area is not, I mean, it's not huge, mm-hmm. but it, they have the remains of 11 different species of dinosaurs from the late Jurassic period. Wow. So there are no T-Rexes. Nope. But I think a lot of people have not heard of the Allosaurus, Mm -hmm. which is very, actually very similar to the T-Rex. It was a big meat eater, big teeth, mean, you know, he's, he's the bully. He's the one eating all the dinosaurs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they have, uh, they have Allosaurus and several other meat eaters or theropods. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the big long neck dinosaurs. And I think this is what's so cool to me. Because uh, I love those ones. Right. But there are, let's see, there's five different types of long necks, the sauropods, mm-hmm. that you can find at the quarry. Yeah. And those are huge. Those are so big. And you can see, do you remember seeing like, you can see like full skulls. Uh-huh. Like it looks like literally a dinosaur with the big long neck and the big long tail. Like you can see it in the rock there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so out of this world. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like like what's crazy about it, I feel like, is like it's not even just like a bone here, a bone there, a bone here. Like if you really look at the wall, you can actually see like it's as if some of these dinosaurs just like laid down Mm -hmm. and fossilized in place, you know, so you can actually kind of see how before they even like. You know, when you go to the museum, how you can see everything all put together, mm-hmm. like it almost looks like that in the dirt, right? In the quarry, yeah, for some of these. <laughs> It's so neat. It's such a cool experience. And so, yeah, that's why it's like the headlighter for dinosaurs. If you're thinking of the National Park System, you know, it's a national monument. But oh my gosh, you definitely have to, if you're interested in dinosaurs, or if you have someone in your family that's like dinosaurs, you know, they're into it. This is where you go because it it is so cool. You get to see, like I said, it's the buffet of dinosaurs. And, but it's, it's so interesting because one thing that's kind of hard, We've talked about this, like when we watch HGTV, it's hard to visualize like they do sometimes on the show, you know, when they walk into a fixer upper and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a terrible visualizer. (laughs) I'm like, "Um, that just looks like a piece of crap. (laughs) 
<laughs> why would you buy that house? That doesn't make any sense. And then they like fix it up and it's gorgeous. And you're like, oh, what a deal. Yeah. <laughs> but but when, you, but when you go to like some of these places that have dinosaur fossils, you almost have to put on your HGTV eyes and put yourself back like, you know, 150 million years. You have to realize everything that are around you that's around you, the setting, all the plants, the the temperature, how much water is around. Everything was different back when the dinosaurs were here. Like, especially in the, you know, Mountain West area and just a little bit east. A lot of this area, you know, that we're going to be talking about today was covered in like a shallow sea. Or, you know, it was kind of like Florida in a lot of ways. Yeah, more tropical, more plants, like more more water than we've ever seen oh, in yeah. the area. <laughs> Absolutely. And so what you're seeing now, you're seeing, I don't know, you're seeing leftovers from 150 million years ago. And so that's why when you think of huge creatures, you're like you're looking around, you're seeing a sagebrush, you're like, there's no way dinosaurs could have survived here on that diet, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's just because Things have changed so much over the last millions and millions of years. And so you have to realize, you know, all these creatures, everything was different. And so a lot of times when you've got like a big, almost like a graveyard of dinosaur bones, kind of like you have at the Carnegie Quarry, a lot of times, a lot of those skeletons or bodies washed up into the same area. Or maybe it was like a watering hole that a lot of dinosaurs frequented, you know, and then they got eaten by a giant reptile, you know, or something like that. They just, there there were situations where that created where all these dinosaurs currently lay. There's a story behind all of these dinosaur places, and it's a 150 million year old story. Yeah. And just the fact that you can see all those right there in that one spot is crazy. Mm-hmm. What I also think is cool about dinosaurs, so not only can you go to the quarry, which is 150% like worth the trip. That's why you go. Right. <laughs> but there is a trail and it's up there by the quarry and it's called the Fossil Discovery Trail. Mm-hmm. It's not very long. It's like two miles or so round trip. They've actually left some dinosaur bones that have been discovered. Like they've left them in the rocks along that trail as well. Nice. And so that's really cool because you can walk that trail and you can kind of, I know for us, like it's really fun because the kids, you know, it keeps them engaged because you're like, there's dinosaur bones, you know, on this trail. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. you got to keep looking, you got to keep hiking, you're looking in the rocks, you're trying to see these. And so that's a really fun activity in that area as well. Right. So cool. Like I said, we, we love to hike. And so that's cool that it's a interactive hike. Yeah. More, than, more yeah. than usual. So you go see the quarry, you can walk the fossil discovery trail. And that is just like some of the coolest activities that you can do, especially if you have little kids that just love dinosaurs or if you're, you know, a grown adult that loves dinosaurs. I mean, you just won't see a better display in any national park. Oh, yes, absolutely. And for those, this is kind of a shout out to my son that his Allosaurus is his favorite dinosaur. Even before we saw it at <laughs> Dinosaur National Monument. Exactly. And so this is a little bit of a shout out for people that are just like, well, if it's not a T-Rex, you know, I don't know if I want to make the trip, you know, but Allosauruses were so cool. They were huge too. They kind of have an interesting growth pattern for their life. And let me kind of explain what I mean by that. And so these Allosauruses, I mean, goodness sakes, they were so big. But a lot of times when you think of like dinosaurs getting bigger and growing up, you think, okay, they just, you know, grew up proportional. 
you know, but actually they didn't just kind of go from little versions of themselves to big versions of themselves. They actually had kind of an interesting teenage adolescence. Don't we all? (laughs) Yes, we all do. Don't look at my pictures. They're (laughs) awful. Exactly. During that middle teenage year, during their adolescence, because as adults, these are the big dinosaurs. Their prey are the big sauropods that you were talking about. You know, they're going after yeah, stuff the like the Yeah, yeah. They're going after the big things. So they've got to be hefty and big and thick. You know, they got to be the big daddy monster. And so before they could get that big, you know, they couldn't attack these big prey animals. And so somehow they had evolved so that while they were smaller, what they did basically from their knee down to their foot. So their shin, part of their leg, got way bigger than their thigh. It grew a lot faster. And so what that did for them was it allowed them to get really fast and quick and agile as they got bigger. So that during their teenage years, they could prey on some of the smaller, faster things as they gained weight. They think that these animals could put on like 350 pounds a year. Nice. Of just muscle weight, man. Uh And then eventually, you know, they got huge and their their thighs got nice and, you know, tough and big so that they could handle taking on these big creatures. But I thought that was really interesting because that's different from a lot of other theropods or, you know, these cool meat eater dinosaurs. They have a little bit different uh, science around them as they grew up. So shout out to my son. Allosaurus is cool. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. And <laughs> and you can also find Stegosaurus here, which is our other son's favorite. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, honestly, we could talk about Dinosaur National Monument for a long time, but there is one other national park that's just like really heavy on the dinosaur fossils. Yes. Our next stop on the dinosaur train. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a show, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Our kids watched that forever. <laughs> What's our next stop, Ash? Okay, so now we're going down to Texas Woo! Uh, along the Rio Grande River and talking about Big Bend National Park. Oh, yes. Big Bend is so cool. And just like at Dinosaur, you've got to use your HGTV eyes because a lot of the area around Big Bend is really barren. It's very deserty. You know, it's kind of a, a lot of it, unless you're kind of in the mountainy areas and some of the other sections, it kind of looks kind of like a, a lot of the desert land is kind of a boring yellow. It you is. Know? It's 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 barren and mostly flat. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of vegetation. It gets so hot down there. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because you're right on the banks of the Rio Grande at mm-hmm. this park. And so, you know, you've got lots of trees and greenery and birds and, you know, all this stuff, like right next to the river. Mm-hmm. But then you just go out a little ways, a hundred feet <laughs> and there's nothing, there's nothing. It's desert. Yes. So yeah, it's a really interesting area. So cool. We love this park. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of questions about this park actually, but today we wanted to talk about the dinosaur part of yes. this park, which actually a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't even think about Mm -hmm. there being dinosaur bones here. And kind of how I mentioned that uh, boring color, you know, kind of the boring yellow. There's a bunch of different places throughout these National Park dinosaur sites that the, the boring colors are the ones that yield the best fossils. The theme for the Big Bend dinosaurs 
is everything is bigger in Texas. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Lone Star State never disappoints. You know, it's incredible. And so there's a place that you can actually see these dinosaurs. Well, if you stop at the, it's called the Fossil Discovery Exhibit. Mm -hmm. And it, you'll pass it like right as you're coming into the park and approaching uh, Panther Junction and kind of the main visitor center area. Mm -hmm. Uh and honestly, like that stop is kind of people just pass right on by it yeah, all the time. Right. You know, you're on the main highway, like you're ready to get to the more well-known stops. Every time we've been there, we've been like the only ones there. Like, <laughs> does nobody does nobody know how amazing like the dinosaurs in this park are? I know, it's crazy. So yeah, you can stop there, you can walk around. They have like a fully like reconstructed flying dinosaur mm -hmm. like up on the ceiling that's massive and then they've got all sorts of like panels and and stuff that you can learn more about the dinosaurs in big bend right okay yes so more than 90 dinosaur species have been unearthed in the park including it wasn't named after the alamo but it's actually called the alamosaurus oh that's funny yeah <laughs> so it's a big sauropod so those uh, land before time it's you know think of littlefoot you know and his grandparents so yeah. really long necks really long tails let's talk about the alamosaurus for a minute so sauropods which is really interesting there's a ton of them in north america for a long time but about 105 million years ago they went extinct in north america and then there was like a 60 million year gap where there weren't any sauropods and then all of a sudden alamosaurus shows up nice in the Good fossil job, record buddy. Yeah, they think the Alamosaurus migrated from South America to North America. You know, once the Panama kind of a neck became uh -huh. unearthed. Well, and that makes or, sense to find them in Texas, though. You know, you're at very bottom of what, what uh -huh. the United States is. So. Right. Not only was it like odd that it came out of extinction, basically, but also... It was the biggest sauropod to ever live in North America. And this specific one that they found in Big Bend was the largest one they've ever found. So how big was he? So the Big Bend Alamosaurus measured at 100 feet in length and probably weighed over 50 tons. <laughs> And considering that most of the Alamosauruses, they were like, I don't know, you know, 70, maybe 80 feet, I think, in size. And so this one was just like, hey, I'm in Texas. I might as well get huge, yeah. you know. <laughs> so huge, huge sauropods, you know, the Alamosaurus. But you mentioned in the exhibit how they have that giant flying dinosaur. It's actually the name of it. I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but it's Quetzalcoatlus. Quetzalcoatlus, okay. Quetzalcoatlus, something like along Man, those lines. Some of these names, it was just like, <laughs> we are not scientists no, by that, any means. Oh my gosh, I have no idea how to pronounce these things. <laughs> oh my gosh. But okay, so what's cool about this Big Bend area, like I mentioned, it was kind of like it was a shallow sea area. You know, there was there was a lot of it was kind of like Florida, like the Everglades that we talked about in the episodes of the podcast. So there's tons of birds, a lot of opportunity for flying creatures. But at this time, you know, in the evolutionary chain of of creatures on Earth, there's something called this is going to be nerdy for a second. It was called convergent evolution. OK, OK. So have what that means is like there's an opportunity here that nature finds in, in a certain ways. And so like the three main flying creatures that 
have ever developed on Earth are birds, pterosaurs, which are these flying dinosaurs, and bats. Those are pretty much the only things that have ever figured out, hey, there's a whole ecosystem, there's a whole lifestyle that we can live here. And those are the only three that have ever kind of figured it out. But none of them are really related. And so convergent evolution means you have animals from all different kinds of DNA structure and family groups and things like that. So you've got like reptiles, the pterosaurs are kind of like the reptiles that learned how to fly. Right. They figured out that there was a whole ecosystem that was being untapped uh-huh. by the rest of the reptiles, Ex- basically. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so the pterosaurs are like the reptiles that learned how to fly. Bats are mammals that learned how to fly. Birds, you know, if you believe what they talked about in Jurassic Park, which I probably probably is true, are the kind of like the raptors, you know, that learned how to fly in certain ways. And they're kind of related. And so it's... Well, they're of, related to dinosaurs, right, which we'll right. talk about, which is crazy. Yes, but, I'm so excited. Yeah. But yeah, it's so interesting. And this area down here at Big Bend had the largest... The largest of all of these flying dinosaur, flying of course, dinosaurs, these pterosaurs. Yeah, exactly. But how? But it's so big, I can't even fathom it. The wingspan on this uh, Quetzal coatless or whatever was like forty feet. <laughs> That's so frightening. <laughs> exactly, and so they they were just so big, and I don't know. It's just it kind of blows me away how I can't imagine having a forty foot dinosaur you know, flying dinosaur or whatever coming after me. No, I mean, that's like a full on dragon. Yeah, exactly. That's how to train your dragon. Yeah. That's what the movie was based on. Maybe. <laughs> or dragons. <laughs> or dragons. Yeah. <laughs> but oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's really that's pretty cool. Yeah. A, a creature like a dragon actually somewhat existed, oh, at least man. in size. I think uh, the dream that I had as a kid actually riding a dinosaur, a 40 foot wingspan dinosaur that flies is probably the one that actually could carry me. That's that's realistic. Yeah, I'm that's, saying that. that's that's stuff from legends. That's like all the, you know, books about elves and witches and, you know, yes. <laughs> all the flying creatures. Oh, OK. The last thing that I want to talk about for Big Bend, one of the, the big, you know, Lone Star giants of the Lone Star State is one. I think I'm saying this right. Dinosuchus or Dinosuchus, something along those lines. What that was is it's probably actually Captain Hook's worst nightmare. They oh, call the it giant crocodile, the terror crocodile. Nice. Yes. And so this thing is famous because it's like 30 to 40 feet long. And they actually have one <laughs> of the skull of one for you to look at when you're in that fossil exhibit. And it is just like, I could literally lay down almost and from head to toe. I could just lay down in its mouth. Yeah, that thing was massive. 30 to 40 feet long. So like a big crocodile yeah. is like, what, 15 feet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So half that size <laughs> and like a 15 foot crocodile would eat you for breakfast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So to have it be twice that. And yeah, if you stand next to that skull, like. <laughs> yeah, we are so snack scary. sized. Yeah. We are just breakfast. We're not even like a three course meal for something that big. I don't know. It's hard for me sometimes to believe that these things actually exist. It's amazing. I feel like that area of Big Bend is kind of like, okay, the Star Wars prequels, Phantom Menace. Okay. Do you remember that scene when they go to the Gungan City? Like where they met Jar Jar? Uh, the one underwater? Yeah, the one underwater. Okay. Okay. Well, the the big boss there, he says he's not really going to help him, but they can go through the planet Gore. 
you know and so he gives them like this little ship and they have to go down 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 into the deep because they're gonna that's how they're gonna get to naboo oh and that thing chases them yeah they have okay well <laughs> that scene it's like the perfect example of what i imagine uh big bend to be like 150 million years ago <laughs> you know where there's a one a giant fish chasing them and then a gianter fish comes and eats it and then like a giant crocodile comes and get it and then an even bigger crocodile bites onto that one and qui-gon's like there's always a bigger fish right <laughs> And they all live in Big Bend. Yes, exactly. And also, Jar Jar Binks is the worst. (laughs) This is a hard movie to get through. (laughs) No way, man. No way. So good. Okay, so that is kind of like the main National Park sites that you want to go to if you love dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is worth noting, there are so... (laughs) There, you can find dinosaur, especially dinosaur footprints, mm-hmm. in or near a lot of other national parks. Right. Oh, yeah. One of the most surprising for me was Denali. Right. And they just recently discovered footprints, like within like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And now they're just finding them all over the place. Right. <laughs> and it's a big deal because they didn't know, you know, really that because you're so far north and you're so, you know, it's such an extreme landscape up there. Mm-hmm. They had not really discovered dinosaur stuff up there at all. Exactly. And so, yeah, that was a really big deal, which is super exciting. So I think that's really cool. You can go to, it's called the Murray Science and Learning Center. It's Mm -hmm. just right there by the main visitor center. But you can go there and you can actually learn more and see like a, you know, a cast of the footprint that they found first and and things like that. So so that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other parks I think that are worth mentioning are down in Utah. Oh, yeah. The Southwest, man. There are some really good ones down there. And I think one of the main reasons why it's so good is because the sandstone preserves and holds on to the shape of the footprints for such a long period of time, giving us an actual chance to discover them and enjoy them. And a lot of other places, a lot of there's uh, we'll talk about a place later on where the footprints will erode after like two years. But in the Southwest, kind of like arches uh canyon lands capital reef area you know those ones they erode very slowly i think it's so funny down there because like we'll be hiking and it will just be like oh dinosaur track you know and like <laughs> they'll have a little sign i remember when we hiked down into horseshoe canyon and canyon lands mm-hmm. There's dinosaur tracks along the trail you're actually following to get down into the canyon. Yep. And they just like, I don't even know. They didn't even have signs. It was just like the track was like surrounded in a little circle of rocks. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. You know, and it's like, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to see it. But like, it's super cool. There are literally dinosaur footprints Mm -hmm. on the same trail that you're taking. Yeah, exactly. And and so there's another one uh, in Arches that's kind of like that. It's on the Willow Springs Road, and it's we had to pull off. We rented a Jeep, and so we, we pulled off our Jeep, and there's a little little sign there that showed you, and it, there was a few tracks that you could actually... You could, you could see, like, how one dinosaur took steps. And how big their stride yeah. was. Yeah. It was so crazy. So that one was cool. That one was kind of like a duck-built dinosaur, if I'm not mistaken. I think a lot of the one, the, the bigger ones that we saw along on some of those trips have been duck-built dinosaurs. You know, kind of like Ducky and Land Before Time, you know, kind of cute, but they're cute, so but big. huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're so big. But one of my favorite ones, my favorite dinosaur in Utah is the Utah Raptor. And they actually found, 
some remains of a Utah raptor in the Grand County. And that's that got arches, canyonlands. That's where Moab is. And they found a, a, a footprint of the Utah raptor in Arches National Park. And so sometimes a lot of these national parks won't publish where some of these sites are in the national park because sometimes they've been vandalized. You know, some people have actually cut the the footprints out uh, of the rock and taken them home. Dang you, people! <laughs> I know. Curse I see you. It. And so, please, if you find it, leave it. You know, just leave enjoy it. Leave it until a park ranger. Yeah, yes. because uh, actually... When we talk about Badlands, there's some cool stories surrounding uh, normal, regular people who found stuff. Oh, cool. But yeah, it, yeah. so a lot of these parks in the Southwest, you will find fossils, uh, dinosaur tracks, things like that. Keep your eyes peeled if that interests you. Yep. But uh, for sure, if you're into the dinosaurs, you've got to go to Dinosaur National Monument. You've got to go to Big Bend. Mm-hmm. And you've got to go... If you want to see the tracks, the Southwest is a great place for you to do that. In case you were wondering why I said the Utah Raptor is one of my favorite dinosaurs, it's because that's what Steven Spielberg patterned the Velociraptor after in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I hate those things. That one, that <laughs> one scene. Girl. Oh my gosh, the scene where they're like hiding from the raptors. Oh yeah, the kids haunts, are in the kitchen. Yeah, that still haunts my nightmares. I'm those trying to do the sound. <laughs> As the Velociraptor just like clicks its teeth oh. and its claw. Oh. It was so cool. Those were huge too. It was the, the Utah Raptor was the biggest of all the raptors. Most dinosaurs in their evolutionary chain got larger as time went on. The raptors actually kind of got smaller. They started out big as the Utah Raptor and they got a little bit smaller and probably worked in packs as they got a little bit smaller. So it's it's so cool. So cool. Now, because we promised this is a fossils episode, yes. uh, we are going to move to some different kinds of fossils. Mm -hmm. So next, we want to talk about fossils of creatures. Yes. And that encompasses basically anything except dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's younger history, yeah. actually, yeah. generally speaking. After So dinosaurs went extinct. The mass extinction for dinosaurs was like 65 million years ago. And so... After that happened, that's what we're going to be talking about now in some of these other national park units where mammals have finally come onto the scene nice and strong, you know, and they've there's huge mammals and lots of different, all types of variety of creatures, but mostly it's going to be mammals that we're going to be seeing. Okay, so we have to start in White Sands National Park for this. Oh, yes. I love this place. Now, what's so cool to me about White Sands is... They recently discovered some new footprints mm -hmm. in this park. And this park, what you see as far as fossils is primarily footprints. Right. And, you know, footprints that were preserved in this ground and then covered up by the massive sand, sand dunes. Uh -huh. But actually, what's really interesting to me is it was a discovery of some footprints uh, that actually helped be the catalyst to changing White Sands from a national monument to a national park. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember what happened. I was like so excited about this because I'm a total geek. Okay, yeah, I remember Do you, you remember talking about this. remember what kind this. of fossils uh -huh. or what kind of footprints they were? Human footprints. They were human footprints. <laughs> like I am dying. I So I just want to talk about this for a minute and then we can talk about the animals. But previously, they thought that the human history 
in this area was about 16,000 years mm-hmm. ago or so, 16 to 18,000 years ago. And by ago. this area, you mean like North America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. In 2018, researchers discovered female footprints. Mm-hmm. And what's so cool about it is that the footprints show us that she was probably walking for about a mile Mm -hmm. and she was carrying a child. Right. They can tell by the way the footprints are in the ground and also that like they can tell where she like set down a child for a minute (laughs) and made her child walk next to her for a minute and then picked him back up. But they said they could tell like by the way the footprints were in the ground that she was like shifting weight Mm -hmm. between the sides like her hips right <laughs> you know any mom can, yeah any parent can relate to that yeah and, oh, like, you're and so heavy <laughs> setting the kid down oh my gosh walk for yourself for a minute um, but then you like think to yourself don't put the baby down when you know it's around her right <laughs> right and so it said like the footprints broadened and they slipped in the mud uh, because you can tell she was carrying some extra weight mm-hmm. so what's cool about this is that they actually like they found like some uh grass seeds I feel like it'd be really hard to find grass seeds. (laughs) Um, But anyways, they use radiocarbon dating and that gave the dates of like 20, almost 23,000 years ago. So it moves the human timeline back like 9,000 years or something like that. And so humans, they're going, wow, (laughs) humans lived like, and then they said, okay, and this is the other cool thing. So then they found like some of these footprints in white sands prove that the humans actually coexisted and interacted with extinct ice age animals. Whoa. And so they actually found a set of footprints that shows like what appears to be a human stalking a swath. Nice. So it's just like Sid. Stalking Sid. Sid. We will talk about this. It was not a Sid. (laughs) These sloths are not Sid sloths. But yeah. And so I just think like, so what's cool about White Sands is you've got, they're called playas, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's basically the, you know, the sand has hardened into a flat area or Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, what you would find underneath a lot of the sand dunes. It's hard. It's almost like cement. Almost like a sand, it's like a sandstone, but not quite as sturdy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where they're finding all of these footprints. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had to dig underneath sand dunes to like get to the playa area for some of these. Uh, you can hike to a playa. This is not the playa where they found the human footprints. Obviously, they really don't let people go there. And in this area, is constantly changing mm-hmm. because it's just sand. Right. <laughs> Mostly this is now. blowing all over the but place. But it didn't used to be. You know, this is all before like these footprints were all put into the ground before it was sand dunes. Right. HGTV eyes again. Right. 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 I just love talking about that because I just think it is so epic that and it, I mean, this was in the last five years. Mm-hmm. They found footprints in white sands that literally changes our understanding of human history in North America. Oh, it's so cool. And it literally is like the show Ice Age, you know, where you have um, humans, you know, and the saber tooth cats, you know, existing. What, what was his name? Diego, you uh-huh. know, hunting humans and humans hunting Diego back and forth. It was just like that. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. so fun. You got so tell me, why isn't it like Sid, Lord of the Lord of the Flame? <laughs> Okay, so the footprints and things that they find in White Sands are of the Pleistocene Epoch, 
mm-hmm. which was two and a half million years ago until about 12,000 years ago. Right. This is the time period when the Ice Age happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you are wanting to get a good idea of what they're finding at White Sands, it is all of those Ice Age all those you know, creatures, the scenery, and, yeah, all yeah. the great migration. You know, they're yeah. they're escaping the great glaciers so and that, everything. Yeah, that's White Sands National Park, which is so cool. <laughs> but the reason that it's different, here are the animals that you can find mm-hmm. that they've found: the American lion, nice. which obviously really doesn't exist anymore as uh-huh. we know it. An American know, mufasa. It is an ancient camel. Nice. So they actually said you could find camels. In mm-hmm. White Sands. Dire wolf, Ooh. which is about the same size as like a modern gray wolf. But they said like the jaw is so much stronger. Like that thing was tearing things apart. Ooh. And then, okay, so then you have what's known as the Harlan's ground sloth. Okay, Sid, So but here's not Sid, Sid, but not Sid. This ground sloth was 10 feet tall. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And it weighed over a ton. Whoa. So it is not Sid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's huge. Huge. That's as tall as a basketball hoop, man. Yeah. Crazy, right? Whoa. That's hard to imagine. Yeah. I mean, there were other types of sloths Mm -hmm. at that time, but in White Sands, they have found the Hardlands ground sloth. Ooh, that's so cool. And then they have found footsteps or footprints for the Colombian mammoth. Okay, I know about those. Those are huge, right? They're huge. They're 14 feet at their shoulder. These mammoths are not woolly mammoths. They said, actually, this area was too warm for woolly mammoths. Mm -hmm. And so the Colombian mammoth, it didn't have a bunch of hair. It didn't need it to stay warm. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. We are the weirdest herd I've ever seen. (laughs) That wasn't very good, Sid. I need to work on that voice a little bit. Oh, my gosh. And then you have the saber-toothed cats. Uh, They have found footprints of the saber-toothed cats in White Sands as well. Oh, wow. And those ones, they said the teeth on those are like 7 to 10 inches. Oh, my gosh. That's That's, huge, right? I can't imagine coexisting with a lot of these creatures. That would be insane to me. I feel like if I was thrown back into that time, Ice Age, I'd be like Sid when he was with Manny and it started to rain and Manny's like, you're going to make some shelter. And Sid's like, I've got a huge brain, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I've got a highly evolved brain and and Manny's like, you have half a stick. And he's like, but with my evolved brain, I can do amazing things, you know. I feel like I feel like I would be just like him, way overconfident in my abilities, and then I would be someone's lunch. <laughs> anyway, I just yes, picture Ice Age. I mean, that's basically what White Sands was, you know, before the actual ice came and just all the creatures that they found footprints there. I just think it's super impressive. I love like we'll hike the Playa Trail or whatever as you're kind of hiking along the more hardened areas mm-hmm. and try to see if you can see anything in there because they have found footprints in those areas. Right. Oh, such a cool place. What an amazing historical artifact, you know, that that whole, that, that all those gypsum dunes are, you know, that's what White says it. It's all gypsum and that's why it's so white. But what a unique place. It's got so many things that are preserved Wow. And a cool story, too. So cool. Oh. And just like recent discoveries. I just, 
when Ray Romano wrote Ice Age, he had no idea how true to life it really was. Oh my gosh. So cool. Or maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he's been to White Sam. <laughs> Uh, where, where's our next stop on the dinosaur train? Where do you want to go next? Okay. So next, talking about creature fossils, mm-hmm. we have to go to Badlands National Park. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love Badlands National Park. It's so cool. But why is it on our next stop? Okay. So a lot of people don't know this, but Badlands has a huge collection of fossils. Sweet. Huge. Uh, so... Badlands National Park, they say, is home to one of the world's richest fossil mammals. Okay. And so you've got different animals than what you will see. And this is way after the dinosaurs. Right. But still some really cool things. And so um, I like, they they talk about the Native American history with fossils in this park, actually. Oh. Like before, you know, modern day paleontology Mm -hmm. even existed. Uh, the people of the Oglala Lakota Nation, which mm-hmm. if you've been to Badlands, uh, you know, part of Badlands actually is run by the Native American nation mm-hmm. that is right down in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go down to like the White River section of the park. And anyway, these Oglala Lakotas, they discovered large fossilized bones and turtle shells. Ooh. And they found fossilized seashells. They were the first people to realize that this area of the Badlands was actually underwater. Nice. Uh, because, you know, they, they were finding all these things. Right. That giant shallow sea we talked about. Right. It extended all the way to here. Wow. Yeah. And now what's cool is that the area that's now included in Badlands National Park, so it's known as like the White River Badlands. But uh, the White River Badlands are considered to be the birthplace of vertebrate paleontology in the American West. Ooh, and cool. so that's, again, that like ties back into how many mammal fossils you find in this area, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they have like specimens from Badlands in the Smithsonian and things like that. They've just been finding all this really cool stuff nice. that they've been sharing all over. And so um, what's really cool to me, you can go to the Ben Rifle Visitor Center, which is the main visitor center in the park. Mm-hmm. And you can go to, they have a fossil preparation lab, which is world class. I mean, it's just like they did not. Nice. They did not cut corners on any of this. They spared no expense. Yes. And so you can go there and they actually allow the visiting public inside. And so you can go in and you can watch them working on the fossils. You can ask questions. You can see what they're doing. You know, like you actually go in and you watch this. And what's cool is it's turned into like the biggest ranger program in the park. Wow. It's like people are just like so excited to go and see <laughs> this fossil preparation lab. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Badlands is just so heavy in fossils. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite, the one thing that I really know about Badlands with the fossils, you know so much more about it than I do, but my favorite thing is Thunder Beasts. That's one of the main things that they have there that they've found a lot of is thunder beasts. And so what I mean by thunder beasts is like, if we're going to go back to Ice Age just for a second, remember when Sid stepped in poop, okay? And there were these two like giant rhino creatures. And one of them is like, Carl, a dandelion. (laughs) Where did you find it? And then Sid like walks through the the salad. He's like, oh, gross. This is not my day. And then he's like, he sees the rhinos. He's like, oh, you rhinos. 
you have really small brains, you know, and then what it's like, Carl, he ruined our salad, you know. <laughs> those two guys, those are thunder beasts, and those are all over Badlands, you know, and so those are some of the main fossils, the big mammal rhino looking fossils those are what they found here in badlands you know the ones that really just wanted a salad (laughs) yeah (laughs) sure those ones and time period wise we're talking so for the thunder beast Mm -hmm. that's like 38 to 34 million years ago whoa so still quite a long time ago Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean right during that same era. I wonder if those are related to like the modern day buffalo. I don't know. Those are today's thunder beasts. I know. That's you know? what I thought too, actually, when I was like thunder beasts. Like that reminds me of a herd of buffalo running through Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. But no, they are more like a rhino. Okay. Interesting. But then they also have, so they have what are called oreodonts. Okay. And these are fossil mammals. Uh, it's one of the most common fossils that you find in the Badlands. These ones were like from about 40 million to 5 million years ago. Mm-hmm. And these are a hoofed mammal. Ooh, okay. And so that might be more. It says modern versions of this are the bison and the bighorn sheep. Okay. Interesting. So these ones, it says that they likely looked like a mix between a camel, a sheep, and a pig. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's a really interesting mixture. Yeah. But Okay. But they're ungulates, basically. They're like the ancient ancestor of a lot of ungulates. So some things with like cloven hooves and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. So, So they do have those. And then another cool thing that they have found in this park, they're called mosasaurs. Okay. And these are marine lizards. And that's a really nice way to say it, actually. A marine lizard. This was 75 to like 69 million years ago. Mm -hmm. And these were 50 feet long. Whoa. Like the terror crocodiles. Yes. So a mosasaur is, he was the top predator in the world's oceans at that time. He would eat anything he could catch. Nice. Um, And yeah, and most of like the earliest mosasaur fossils were discovered in South Dakota. Whoa. So, and this whole area was, it was like, it was a shallow sea, but this guy was just the king of it. (laughs) Did you ever see Jurassic World? I don't know. I can't keep him straight. (laughs) Have I? I don't know. Well, if if it's it's a spoiler, you know, just tune out for like 30 seconds. But, you know, at the end of Jurassic World, there's this giant like sea creature that comes out of the out of the water and just like eats, you know, a giant T-Rex like looking thing. A 50 foot crocodile, I think, could definitely do that. Massasaur. Is that what you said it was? Mosasaur. Mosasaur. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be so crazy. Scary, I wouldn't want huh? to get anywhere near that. Yeah. So what's interesting about Badlands is they actually they have not found any dinosaur fossils in the park. But I mean, obviously, they have found other things. Right. Like they got all the these giant, other fossils. What did, not it, past what did it say? A, a, a marine lizard uh-huh. that's 50 feet long and eats <laughs> right. everything. It's just an iguana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, most of the fossils that are finding a lot of the fossils they're finding in here are like the late Cretaceous, which is still mm-hmm. during the dinosaurs. Right. But because Badlands was covered in water, and when we say shallow sea, it wasn't like super shallow. You know, you're still talking, you know, a good amount of depth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, so they're saying for the Badlands area itself, actually, because it was so full of water and stuff, there actually, there really weren't dinosaurs (laughs) in this shallow sea area. Because it was mostly covered by water during that whole 
you know, 250 million years ago to 65 million years ago, basically. Yeah. So they don't think the dinosaurs really swam in this sea, which is why we don't find dinosaur fossils here. Hmm. But you do find other creatures that lived around the same time, like the Mosasaur. Interesting. So, yeah. But I think for me, what is the coolest about Badlands is this is the park where like people have found fossils that nobody knew were there. Like regular people. <laughs> Just hiking around? Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool, actually, to me. So there's a couple different instances of this. Do you want to talk about the first one? Sure. So the first one that I remember, there was this girl just hiking around and she was on a trail and she found like a saber tooth cat, uh, a super well-preserved saber tooth cat tooth and like part of a part of its skull i think was all preserved yeah it was the skull yeah it's a seven-year-old girl yeah <laughs> just just this little kid what's this <laughs> well and they said she was doing like a junior ranger program mm -hmm. she was trying to get her badge right and they were just hiking over there like around kind of close to the visitor center uh-huh and she literally found a saber-toothed cat skull <laughs> still in the rock you know but she went and told the rangers and then they we're able to extract it. And wow. That's incredible. Like when we talk about interactive hiking, you know, that's just keep your eyes open. That's awesome. Yeah. And a seven-year-old, I mean, that's like our kid's age. Can you imagine how excited you would be? Yeah. They've got this cute little picture of her on the website and she's just grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> Youngest paleontologist <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. So that's really neat. And then the other one that was found by just some regular guys, they were at a picnic area. They started what is now known as the big pig dig <laughs> in badlands uh-huh that and, one sounds awesome yeah, it sounds like a barbecue it does like a hawaii like, like what do they have the, uh, in hawaii those luau's or yeah. whatever we're gonna roast a pig man and we're yeah. gonna find some bones big pig dig so these two visitors they found an exposed vertebrae near this picnic area they told the park rangers and then the park rangers went in there and basically found what was a ancient watering hole, mm -hmm. which just piles bones upon bones upon bones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's really cool. So they found it's named for um, these pig-like animals that they found that they think probably were a little more like hippos. Uh-huh. But then they also found like creatures related to rhinos. They found like an ancient version of the modern day horse. Wow. Um, and then this is what it is. And also a mouse deer. <laughs> <laughs> a mouse deer a mouse deer and i don't know what that is really but it said it was like one it's like one foot tall and it had saber teeth whoa but it's a mouse and a deer like a mouse deer that's so awesome. imagine that that's so <laughs> i really cool. can't oh my gosh but yeah i just think it's so cool because you oh they know, have those in new york city they have all mouse over the deers. place yeah they <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roaming the sewers. Yeah. Anyway, in this big pig dig, they found over 19,000 fossils. Whoa. And it took them like 15 seasons to, they thought they'd just go in and, and find some stuff. And they just found and found and found and found just and found the for gift years that kept years. on giving. Yeah. The dig they kept on digging. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so, awesome. So anyway, Badlands is super cool. You can do the fossil exhibit trail, which is a really short trail. 
And that one like has interactive plaques, you know, that you can learn about the different fossils that have been found in the park. Mm -hmm. That one's really cool. And then again, you want to go to the fossil preparation lab at the visitor center Mm -hmm. and check in to see what they're working on right then and there. Another place we've been that's pretty close to Badlands is the Mammoth site. Yes. uh Uh-huh. That place is awesome. It's so cool. I'm not sure how far outside of Rapid City do you think that is? So it's south of, it's in Hot Springs, which is south of Wind Cave. So you're talking probably about an hour and a half or so, hour and a half to two hours from Badlands. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is still kind of in that Rapid City area. And that's an active dig site for mammoths. That one is so cool. What they think happened, an area of like a watering hole where a bunch of mammoths went there and then the the edge of the watering hole was really unstable. And so a bunch of mammoths basically just fell in and couldn't get out. Yeah. Well, and that's what they think happened at the big pig dig too, mm-hmm. basically. So it happens that uh, sneaky soil in right. South Dakota. Oh man, you've got, it's like lightning sand from Princess Bride, you know, <laughs> I've got all these creatures that just, you know, gets quicksand or whatever, sucks them in. And then they, that we find their remains 50 million years later yeah. you know, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's so cool. So those are like the main like creature parks. If you want to see creature fossils, White Sands and Badlands are my favorite choices. For oh, so cool. So cool. Okay, John, we're still riding the dinosaur train, even though we're off of dinosaurs. And now we want to move on to fossils of, quote, other really cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we're going to Guadalupe Mountains. Is that where you're thinking Let's of going? Let's go to Guadalupe Mountain. Okay. So. Oh, awesome. We've talked about a lot of areas where it was the, the shallow sea and everything like that. But we actually, this is the first place where you get to experience the sea coming to us in a lot of ways. Because what happened was, imagine Finding Nemo. Okay, we're in Finding Nemo, you know, and Marlin is like, Let's choose a place, you know, let's get with a great view kind of a thing like that. So Marlin and his family, they're on the Great Barrier Reef. Well, this is a reef, you know, 250 million years ago at Guadalupe Mountains. And then suddenly there's this force underneath the earth that pushes that Great Barrier Reef up, 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 up and higher and higher and higher. And so now the Guadalupe Mountains are actually the tallest mountains in Texas. And so that shallow sea just kind of, you know, it went away because the mountains were getting taller and taller. But the Guadalupe Mountains, I mean, it's like world recognized as the best preserved, I think it's pre-Cambrian reef in the world. And so you can see tons of amazing things. You know, this is like 250 to 300 million years ago. You can see things like algae and fungi and amphibians, fishes and insects, like a lot of little creatures. You know, you can find all of their fossils in the rocks. And it's just such a cool place. They've found more than 500 different Permian fossil species. It's easy to get all of these time epochs, you know, these millions and millions of years, these time frames all mixed together. But basically, if you're looking for ocean fossils, ancient ocean fossils, Guadalupe Mountains is the place to go. Yeah, I mean, it's world renowned because, yeah, as you said, so this is before everything. (laughs) I mean, this is like, we're talking when Pangea was 
the earth right exactly the only <laughs> and, land on earth was pangea and you know? so yeah and, and so life the- crawled out of the seas <laughs> you know crawling out onto the land yeah i mean they're basically saying there was just like there was a, a an arm of the ocean basically that came in and covered this area mm-hmm. but it was still pangea and then yeah and and so it was just rich with sea life and then it got cut off the water got cut off it got drained Mm-hmm. But what you're seeing, I mean, a lot of people don't know about Guadalupe Mountains National Park at all. Right. It's so far out of the way for anything, unless you're actually making a trip there, you know? It's- yeah. Well, and and so what Guadalupe Mountains actually is, so it's like the top of Texas. It's like on the border of Texas and New Mexico, mm-hmm. you're only what, 30 minutes or so from Carlsbad Caverns Uh from there. And so a lot of people like to hit both when you're in this area. But for me, like when you get to Guadalupe Mountains, so the Guadalupe Mountains actually include eight of the 10 of Texas's highest peaks. Right. In this little area right on the border. And truthfully, if I'm being really honest, when you get to Guadalupe Mountains, at least for me, like the first time, I was like, eh, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, they're pretty, but you're in the middle of the desert and mm-hmm. they're just not the typical mountains you would expect. Uh, right. Although there are a lot of hidden gems and, and things in this park. Mm-hmm. But um, once you realize that what you're actually looking at when you're looking at Guadalupe Mountains is an exposed area of this massive reef. Right. Because this reef is 400 miles long. Right. It's huge. And it's in a U shape. And so it kind of goes up from Texas up into New Mexico, back down into Texas and kind of curves back around uh, down closer to Big Bend. But only certain portions of it are exposed. A lot of it's still underground. But this particular area is like the longest exposed section of this reef. Right. And it's a Permian reef. It's not a coral reef. And I think that a lot of people get confused by that. It's not coral, it's algae mm-hmm. and it's sponges mostly right? that like solidified into the rock and it's actually its own kind of limestone that just is like has all of this algae and sponges and like all these sea life skeletons mm-hmm. in this reef. Wow. And so literally people come from all over the world to look at this 250 million year old reef wow that's exposed out from the from the ground oh that's so cool that makes guadalupe mountains national park like a million times cooler if you know (laughs) that that's what you're looking at right versus just "Eh, yeah it's some mountains right well if you go there expecting you know like snow-capped mountains you know Kind of like you would see, I don't know, in Rocky Mountain National Park or Grand Teton or Glacier or something like that. You're going to get there and be like, what is this place? But yeah, it, it you've got to use your eyes. You've got to use your HGTV eyes. Put yourself back 250 million years and then think to yourself, Earth, Earth's mega forces forced this thing up. You know, how high is some of those peaks? Like 8,000 feet? Guadalupe Peak is the highest peak in Texas and it's over 8,700 feet. Right. So the earth shoved this whole reef, 400 mile long reef from, you know, below sea level up 8,500 feet. And now it's preserved perfectly for us. Yeah. And well, what I think is cool about this too. So 
You can take, there's a trail called the Permian Reef Trail. It's pretty challenging. It's like eight miles round trip. Um, you gain a good amount of elevation, but it mm-hmm. takes you like right up to that reef mm-hmm. line. And when you look at pictures, you can see there's like a definite like reef line. Right. <laughs> On these mountains. But so you can hike up there. It's a more challenging day hike. But what I thought was cool about Guadalupe Mountains is like, even as you're just hiking the regular trails, you can see things in the rocks there. I don't know if you remember when we did the Devil's Hall Trail for the first time with our kids, they were really young, but you're like hiking and (laughs) you're having to climb up and over boulders and stuff. Like it's a pretty gnarly trail, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, it's as pretty far challenging. As like, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like mostly flat, but you're just like, you feel like you're scrambling for a lot of it because you're in the riverbed. Right. And stuff. I don't know if you, if you remember how fun it was to, because you're like, you're looking at your feet a lot and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're trying not to trip and fall. How many like little fossils you can see in the rocks, even just on a regular trail like that? I do remember some of it, but I think I was holding our boys' hands so much and try to help them not fall. Maybe I didn't appreciate them as much as I should have. I know. And so as you're hiking around the park, just look around and see what you can see because there are a ton of like sea life fossils in this park. Oh, that's so cool. And now that you mentioned it has kind of like a, a, a significant edge to it, it's just like on Finding Nemo, how Marlin wanted a spot at the drop-off. Yeah, you know? it's the drop-off. <laughs> yeah, you can see it. That's so cool. Oh, I love that park. So anyway, I think you just appreciate it so much more if you know you're looking at a, you know, 250 to 270 million year old reef. And that's what those mountains are. Right. They're just, they're exposed. There's just so many cool things you can find there. So I definitely appreciate that park a lot more knowing that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, this is the last park we're going to talk about with, quote, really cool other stuff. (laughs) And it's one of my favorites. I think a lot of people don't know how cool it is or they've just driven through and they're like, I've had a lot of people tell me that park is just like, I don't know why you like that park. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you why I like this park. (laughs) We are talking about Petrified Forest National Park. Uh, amazing location. Not just a drive through park. Definitely no. not. No. The Petrified Forest area is mainly Triassic period. So that's the earliest dinosaur period. Yeah. So this is 208 to 228 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's primarily really before dinosaurs really got turned into anything <laughs> right before the dawn before of the dinosaurs the, dawn of the dinosaurs yes so yeah this place the stuff here is over 200 million years old and what's so neat about this area is it's about a lot of it celebrates the plant life of that time period which we don't i don't think we have a ton of or we don't appreciate as much but the plants the trees they're just as cool to me in some ways and the the land formation 200 million years ago in this area where petrified forest is was like a giant log jam and so there was some big river systems you know probably associated with that big you know shallow sea that we've been talking about so much i'm not sure if it's exactly right there or not but there was a bunch of river systems that deposited a bunch of logs tons of logs giant logs this was a huge river log jam right here at petrified forest well so and it's multiple log jams because you can find different quote unquote 
forests. Right. In petrified forest. <laughs> and what is so cool to me, you say they're giants. So there are petrified trees. Mm-hmm. And petrified trees, we need to talk about this actually. Petrified trees are fossils. Yes. It's a living thing. It's something that existed that was alive and now it's turned to rock. It's such a cool process because the in order to make a fossil, like we think of the desert, you know, when we think of like, wop, wop, wah, you know, you, you find something in the desert and the bones just eventually decay and then they turn to dust, right? Well, for something to turn into a fossil like this, these trees, they have to go through a really specific process where they get submerged, they they get deposited and then they get like buried very quickly or something happens yeah, to them where they, they get... lose their oxygen mm-hmm. so they don't have enough time to decay right exactly yeah. and i think almost all of the petrified trees here are like solid quartz yeah it's crazy and they are the most beautiful fossils you'll ever see i just the colors yes amazing oh patterns you can see yeah. in different forests you can see like some of them are more white and gray and maybe blue and in different places and they're way more red you know there's Mm -hmm. different trees depending on the chemical composition of the trees you know how they were covered up by dirt and sand and and things like that and how everything happened to them on the chemical change they have way different colors they're so gorgeous but yeah it's such an interesting situation for petrified forest it's very unique to me yeah so they say petrified forest national park actually only protects um less than 20 percent of the petrified wood in northeastern arizona so you will find it all around this area but what i thought was cool you were mentioning how they're just like these big giant trees yes uh, which just seems so out of place for this area now But if you go to the long logs area, which is one of my favorites, because Mm -hmm. there really are just big long logs (laughs) of petrified wood. Mm -hmm. But there are two trees in this area. One of them measures 137 feet long and one of them is 141 feet long. Wow. And so there that basically indicates to the scientists and the paleontologists here that the trees in this area probably were around 200 feet Whoa. Which is really tall. That's a big tree, man. That's a man. big tree. You know, I mean, you're not like redwoods tall. Right. You know. We're but... busting past 300, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. easily. But this area, you know, it, it was very heavily forested and there were giant trees here. And these trees have turned to rock. <laughs> which <laughs> so is cool. just, it is so cool. And so some of my favorite places to go to see this Long Logs, as I mentioned, that has like just some really big, long logs. Mm -hmm. Crystal Forest is really pretty. Giant Logs is where like there's this big, huge one. Like its diameter is what, five feet? Yeah, I remember standing some next to some of them. I'm six feet tall. And I was like, I I could have stood inside the tree. Yeah, yeah. Diameter wise. That's Giant Logs. And it's rock. Yes. Let me just tell you. How amazing this is. <laughs> it's a giant tree that is a beautiful rock. Yeah. It's a fossil. It's so cool. Yeah. And some of them, I, I, it's so neat because you can still see like the bark pattern on some of these trees uh-huh. and like feel the texture of a tree, but it's rock instead of wood. Yeah. Yeah. It will blow your mind. Another favorite and one of the best places I think to see like 
you know, the most beautiful examples of this petrified wood and stuff is if you hike in the wilderness areas. Mm -hmm. So petrified forests, like you can just hike. You don't need to stay on the trail in a lot of these wilderness areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did the Jasper Forest uh, last time we were there and it was phenomenal. Yeah. What's so cool when you do some of these outlying areas and some of these more wildernessy hikes, you see the wood as it lays. You know, a lot of these bigger trees, you know, you couldn't move them even if you tried. But what's neat about some of these other ones is you see, it's like going to a fresh dig site. You know, you see all the little shards of petrified tree where nature has deposited them and they've laid there for forever and we're just barely seeing them for the first time after hundreds of millions of years. You feel like you almost have to be a little bit quiet because it's almost reverent in some ways because this is the first time that these fossilized trees have come out and been exposed in hundreds of millions of years. And so it's a really neat experience. I really enjoy that. Yeah, I love petrified forest. I think, you know, just thinking about and learning about the process of how a tree actually turns into a big, beautiful rock Mm -hmm. is really spectacular. And so those are, if I'm being honest, that's one of my favorite fossils Mm -hmm. in any national park. Right. Oh, absolutely. The petrified wood. Yeah. It's definitely the most picturesque in terms of colors. Yeah. Because I don't I did not believe that I could have seen that many different colors come out of a tree fossil. It almost looks fake. I mean, you see it and you're like, no way. No way. (laughs) I do want to mention so petrified forest uh, not only has all these fossilized trees, uh, but there are a lot of other types of fossils in this park as well. So they do keep paleontologists on staff and they, they're finding stuff all the time. I won't go into detail about it because, I mean, I could talk about it forever mm-hmm. of what they're finding there. But um, there is a lot of cool stuff that mm-hmm. they are finding in this park. And they actually, similar to Badlands, they have a museum demonstration lab is what it's called, mm-hmm. where you can watch the paleontologists work. You can ask them questions. You can see a collection of things that they've uncovered. Uh, And so as far as fossils go, I mean, Petrified Forest is one of the top national parks for seeing just some really cool stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's so neat. I just love that we can like be a part of it almost with some of these paleontology labs. You know, we can see it happening. We can, you know, ask questions and things like that because and, and kind of bring back, you know, our inner kid, you know, sometimes with with these creatures that are so ancient and so big and so bigger than life you know it's interesting you know we almost get kind of how i brought up at the beginning of this podcast episode when we were talking about we're back you know it's like this is our chance in all of these different national parks that we've talked about this is our chance to use our wishing radio again you know it's just like i want to see a dinosaur you know i want to see something cool i want to i wish dinosaurs were real and this is the these are the places we get to go to to actually experience them and make them real and it's so fun And I hope that you've enjoyed your journey with us today on the dinosaur train around all of our national park units with fossils and dinosaurs and all types of of creatures. And so get your wishing radio out, have a blast, and we'll see you on the trail. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place.
And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.